1: here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. It's a Monday evening, 11 p.m. Eastern time for those people listening in. We always do a radio show with a friend of ours. His name is Devon, and we call this Devon's Input. And the way this whole thing got started is Devon called me up even before he was a customer of ours, asked a lot of questions. And um, in the process of um, answering some of those questions, I kind of became friendly and... um, I said to him, you know, let's um, give you an opportunity to kind of let people know a little bit about um, the stuff that you go through because Devon's got this really special story. And I said, you know, let's do a radio show. We'll do it as many Monday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern as we possibly can when we're live. And tonight it's been a while, so we are here again live on Devon's input on Building Fortunes Radio. If you go back to buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash Devon, and Devon is spelled D-E-V-O-N, buildingfortuorradio.com forward slash Devon, you'll be able to hear this as well as the previous radio shows that we've done. So tonight, I know you have a special topic um, already planned, Devon, and thanks for being here on your own radio show.
2: Thank you, um, Peter, and thanks to my audience. I know I haven't been doing my show on a regular basis. I haven't done a show in the last four weeks, so I apologize to my audience. But I want to first um, say to everybody, I hope they had a fantastic Thanksgiving with them and their family, and happy holidays. Um, one of my first um, topics I want to talk about on today's show is about going back to school to earn my PhD. Now, I, if you know the story already, I went to Capella University for ten and a half years. I was studying um, strategic innovation uh, for my doctoral degree. And what happened was, um, I was doing fine. I was in the third stage, the third stage that you mean you almost finished with earning your PhD. But then they changed mentors on me. Um, I I was dealing with a mentor, um, who me him got along real well. Um, he was my um mentor and also my um instructor for two and a half years and they changed um uh, my mentor on me and they gave me another mentor and me and his mentor didn't get along at all. So, um, I left poly University and um I uh, I took a hiatus and, and a sabbatical from the school I came back I, 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 I left the school and I never went back. So, just to start with that. So, I'm um, to My first PhD I want to get is um, in business administration. And um, the second PhD I want to earn is organizational leadership. So, all I have to do now is just um, submit my transcripts um, to the school um, electronically. I was trying to do that today, but, you know, I, um, I kind of ran um, into a, a stupor because what happened was my um, debit card wasn't working properly. So. But besides that, you know, I'm very excited about going back to school, you know, you know earning learning, learning my Ph.D. I want to be a methodologist. Now, if you don't understand what a methodologist is, a methodologist as a person who helps people um, with their dissertation or their capstone project, people who can um, help people um, earn their PhD, you know, so they write PhD for them. They go through the theories, they go through the um, everything they, that all the elements that they need to um, finish their capstone project and be successful and earn their degree, and um, hopefully you know, I can achieve my Ph.D. or double Ph.D. and be a methodologist. That's what I wanted to be for the last several years now. Um, as a matter of fact, the last four years, if, if you want to be so um, 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 I want to um, be a person who can help people earn their Ph.D. like um, uh, people earn me, help, help me to earn my Ph.D. so I want to help people you know, accomplish their goal, and I just want to um help people achieve greatness. You know, I want people to um achieve the, the upper echelon, you know, the upper status, you know, the the creme de la creme, you know. So, um, but with that being said, another topic I want to talk about are um, scam artists. You know, I I want to talk about you know. A guy scammed me i um, and fifty five dollars a couple of days ago, and um I had my trust in him, but, like I said, since I was fifteen years old, I learned you don't trust anybody you know you don't trust anybody, everybody can scam you family can scam you, strangers can scam you your your, your wife can scam you, your children can scam you, anybody can scam you you know so like I said, it just that it, it wasn't a lot of money so I kind of trusted my guy like I said, I let my guard down a little bit, but like i said um I was just telling people, just be aware of what's going on around you and, you know, don't trust anybody. If it sounds too good to be true, don't trust anybody, you know. It's probably a scam, and that's what it was. It was a scam. Uh, I used the cash app to send money to him, and um, he robbed my $155. I talked to cash app today. I got their phone number. I talked to them today, and I'm supposed to get back my money and stuff like that, so they're supposed to email me the next um. Um, several days, so hopefully I give back my money and um, everything will be um, going well for me. But like I said, going back to um, earning my Ph.D., um, I'm working with another company named JET, you know, Job Essential Training, and with that company, um, they help you um, get jobs, you know. Even if you have a disability, even if you're struggling, even if you don't have um, any... Um, degrees or certification they help you get certified in anything you want to do. Um, it's okay in Manhattan. It's a great program. A young lady who I was introduced to several months ago named uh, I don't want to say her name but she introduced me to the program and I'm very thankful for that. And right now I'm still in a safe haven and um, I'm trying to get out in the next maybe couple of weeks or so. If I get out after of um, Christmas, you know, and and even if I get out uh, in January, it still will be something good because I've been here for ten months now. Well, in January it'll be ten months. So, like I said, I'm just taking my time. The reason why I'm here so long is because the work I'm doing is very inconsistent. You know, it's very inconsistent work. I'm a home health aide, so the work is inconsistent. So, um, it's just that um, I've been trying my best to. Um, be on cases. I'm a home health aide, you know, and when I'm on cases, you know, I may not get along with the patient. The patient may not get along with me, and, you know, it, it ends that way, you know. It ends. you know, like I said, like I said, I, I was on the case today, and what happened was um, uh, it was on my second day on the case in, in the Bronx, and I was talking to a young gentleman. Um, he was um, visiting the family, and what happened was I was working with this young lady's um, stepdad and we didn't get along. he said I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing um, uh, with, with um, taking care of him and I got upset because he said I wasn't paying attention I was falling asleep and, and, and in reality I wasn't falling asleep and you know you got um, I got real upset because he said that so I, I well I don't really mean to say I have a short fuse or a short temper but you know it's just that you know he had the, um uh, audacity to tell me that, um temerity to tell me that, you know, so you know, I got real upset, you know, and I told him I don't want to work for him anymore and that's it. I once I make up my mind enough to talk to somebody, I don't talk to them again because I don't talk to them again, you know. So I left and I and the case and I'm finished with the case. So I'm going to start a new case um this Saturday. Like I said, I'm a home health day, so it's very inconsistent work because like I just mentioned, if you don't get along with a um um the patient or the patient don't get along with you then it's not going to work out like you know a cna um a certified nurse assistant um is a a higher level and also is more job security in that because if if you figure like you're a nurse assistant so you're working with the nurse so it's more it's more job security is more job oriented where you can stay on the case much more longer than a home health aide because a home health aide, like I say, if you make one or two mistakes it, when, when you're a home attendant, then that can blow everything. That that can mess up anything for you and your chance to work with the patient in, in the future or the long term. So, like I said, I know people who've been on cases one or two days and that's it. You know, they're there. They're not on another case because, like I said, they don't get along with the patient and uh, they don't, they did something wrong. And they made a mistake or they made an error and stuff like that, you know. So, like I said, with me, I only try to make one mistake. I don't make the same mistake twice. If I make one mistake, I don't try to make the same mistake over and over and over. I learn from my mistakes, and I move on, you know. So, like I said, um, uh with Peter, you know, I've been working with Peter for the last, on a radio show, almost three years now, and um, I learn once I do a show and I make a, one mistake, I learn you know not to repeat that mistake one show i um i made a um, a botch uh, i was reading something. It had something to do with um uh, i think it was the covid nineteen and children had to um uh, learn uh, tax exemptions from covid nineteen and uh, stuff like that and how you can earn your um your your um income from um, COVID-19, you can earn supplementary income from COVID-19, and I bought the show, but I learned from that show, and I never did that again, you know, I never did it again. I learned from that show, and I never read anything off of a paper. The reason why I bought the show is I, I, I was reading something from um, a, a paper that I, I wrote down, and I, when I wrote it down, I wrote it down fine. It was very small, and I couldn't read it, and I was reading it on the show, and I bought the show, so I like, well, well watch me? That messed up. You know, I I never did that again. I never I, how I read I I how I do my show. I improvise. You know, I don't read anything off of a, a script or nothing like that or paper or nothing. I improvise. You know, so I'm doing this um um like I said, I'm doing it spontaneously um in, 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 impromptu. You know, I I don't read anything. I I don't um pre pre um read anything to say that I'm reading off a, a a a cue card or reading off a flash card or nothing like that. It's, it's coming from me Devon Warner at the same time I'm doing the show. So like I said, um but what I want to um, also talk about, I want to get back on um, me earning my PhD, you know. You know, a lot of people think um PhDs are very um uh significant in terms of You have the you have the highest level of um, education, but also I think it's much harder to earn your PhD than going to medical school. And like I always say this because earning your PhD, your control, um, you you control certain parts of you earning your PhD, but other parts you don't control. Like for example, going to medical school, you control your own destiny. Like earning your PhD, you don't control your own destiny because you have to get approved for each milestone. You know, for example, if you're in milestone two, let's say, and you write something and the chair doesn't like it, or the committee doesn't like it, or your mentor doesn't like it, you don't get approved to go to the next milestone. So they have you you don't steer your own ship, you know, so you're not control over that. It is the mentor or the committee or the chair um your chair's control over that, you know. So you're not you're not in control of your own destiny. So, but like in medical school, you take a test, you take an exam. So you're control your own destiny because if you get something right, then you just get it right. You got it right. If you get it wrong, you get it wrong. You you control that yourself because you're taking the test yourself. you don't have somebody dictate whether you pass or fail. Like for example, um, going into the um, PhD, like I just mentioned, you 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 have somebody dictate whether you pass or fail or go to the next um, milestone to go to the next um, plateau or the next stage in the, the dissertation. So, like I said, you're not in control of your own destiny. Um, But like I said, if, if um, Peter want to take a break right now, he, he is um best interested to take one right now, and I come back and I talk about other topics I want to talk about. I want to talk about Fidelity Investments, the bank I'm doing, or you know, the brokerage I'm doing. If you want to take a um, break right now,
0: feel we can take a break Absolutely.
2: right now. Perfect. We're taking a quick break with
0: Devon. Thanks for listening to Building Fortunes Radio. If you sell a product or service, then you should check out PMMarketingNetworkLead.com. Just visit www.NetworkLead.com. For over 18 years, PM Marketing has helped distributors build their home-based businesses through lead generation, website development, automated email delivery systems, and sales training.
1: We're back, Peter Mingles here with Devon and we're talking about Devon's input and continuing education. Back to you, Devon.
2: Okay, Peter, thank you so much. And I want to talk about uh, Fidelity Banking and Fidelity Investment. That's the brokerage I'm working with right now and um you have a lot of opportunities but like I said it's um it's very interesting because like I said, Fidelity um brokerage, um bank, you know, it, it's uh it's very different from a traditional bank like Chase Bank or Capital One or HSBC or Bank of America. It's very interesting because, like I said, you can't um, deposit um, cash into your account. It has to be either um, um, a check um, or the money is wired, or it has to be direct deposit or money transfer. You know, so you're transferring funds from to your account. So you know, those are the four ways you can um, deposit money. And invest, you know, it, it in in brokerage, where you can invest in certain things. I'm trying to invest in um, things I'm doing right now. And um, it's very interesting, you know. I, I'm not, like I said, I, I'm not into um, get-rich-quick-money schemes, you know. So, like I said, those are just fly-by-night um, things that are flash in the pan, things where people say you can make millions of dollars in about three or four months and stuff like that. I don't believe in that stuff. You know, everything you do, it takes hard work, you know. So um, what I want to say is um, I want to um, just um, make everybody be clear. When I got into Fidelity Bank, I, I, I always wanted to be a business person. I always wanted to be a business person. But I want to ask Peter. I want Peter to talk for about maybe seven to eight minutes, if, if he can, to, like I said, um uh, I know Peter. You know you started. I don't know how you got your your, your business. I don't know if it was a um, family heirloom or you got it passed by you from generation or you started your own business yourself. But please explain in the business sense. Um, like for example, um, Fidelity Bank. Um, like being a, a business owner or uh, investing in business or stocks and bonds. Um, tell me um, what's the um, yeah. What's the um? Hold on, what's the sure. sure? Okay,
0: okay,
2: okay. Okay, okay. So like I was saying, hello, Peter. Yes, I'm here. Yes, yeah, sorry, I, I was interrupted. Um, somebody told me. Um, somebody. Um. It was leaving their shift and um, I had about five or ten minutes but anyway Peter I started to do that on the show I was interrupted sorry it's my okay. audience I apologize but I wanted to ask you a quick question uh, uh, yeah correct correct. Uh, about um investment or being a business owner can you explain what are the um, the options you have and did you start your own business and can you explain if somebody wants to start their own business how do they get um, in, in doing that or or start their own Fortune um, uh, Building Business radio show. Can you explain how they, if somebody is not sure how to get started in that, can you explain how you you got started in that?
1: Sure. So probably one of the biggest things is if you want to get started in your own business, I always, I'm going to say something that may not be legally right, but it's probably the best way to do it, is you get started wherever you can and you can clean it up a little bit later on. So, you know, all you really need is a way to be able to, uh, let's start off with the very beginning, be able to take in money. You know, you need a way to be able to collect funds for the products or services that you're selling. All of this is with the backdrop of doing everything legally, morally, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So those are all givens. So if you have a checking account, you're going to need a checking account. And I basically went up there and I went to the bank. Um, that I, I was in Florida at the time where I decided to start my own business. And remember I was in my 30s at the time of starting my own business. I had previously worked for lots of other places, so I was a little bit familiar with the banking industry, of course. So I just went up there and I said, hey, listen, I'm going to need a checking account. The woman said to me, what's the name of your company? And I said, I didn't think it through that much. I mean, so literally, I did not think it through that much. And because of some experiences that I had previously, I said, well, let me just call it PM marketing because PM marketing is vague enough for me to be able to grow underneath it and grow as wide as I want to be able to grow as far as whatever I choose to do. So we started off with PM marketing. And that was that simple. I just needed something kind of vague initially. Then what I did was I decided. decide, whether I was going to be a sole proprietor, meaning work under my social security number, or get a federal ID number um, and become like an LLC or something like that. So I didn't know how to do that sort of stuff, so I started off as a sole proprietor because you already have a social security number. So I started a business checking account like that. Now today, it might be a little bit harder to do that because they might want more credibility. So if you're a business like in Florida, you have to register for under SunBiz, they call it. So that's like you have to register with the state. So that means you might need an FEIN number, a Federal Employment Identification Number. So that's easy. All you have to do is call up and you ask for one. So they'll give you one. If you just look online, you can find the number to call in for your own federal ID number if you choose to. Uh, Or you can even start a business account with personally. So the most important thing that I'm trying to stress here is if you want to start a business, just get started. People can – now, that's my style. People can complicate the hell out of things. I'm working with a company right now who've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in the product, the back office, the everything, before they ever sponsored or – I'm sorry, before they ever sold their very first customer. That's crazy for most people. Most people don't have – investors that can do those types of things. So somewhere between flying from the seat of your pants, like bootstrapping it, they might call, to getting millions of dollars in investment is where you'll probably start your business. But the most important thing is just decide to get started and learn. On um, YouTube, of course, is one of the channels that you could learn on almost everything. So you can type in, learn how to start a business, and there's plenty of people that will give you helpful advice. Um, that's probably going to be most, most most people that are doing videos on how to do businesses are going to give you mostly accurate advice, but you definitely want to double-check before anything else that you do so you don't get yourself into some legal trouble. And then clean it up as you go along. Yeah, so clean it up as you go along, meaning find, you know, the, the right places where you're supposed to be registered, find the right, if you have the ability to, you know, make sure you do the right paperwork. But get started where you're at, clean it up as you go along, and over time make a lot of sales. Because the biggest reason why most businesses go out of business is because they don't have enough capital coming in. So you got to be good at sales. So make a lot of sales. Have a product that's recurring if you have, so you don't have to constantly make all new sales every single month. Um, and those are some simple suggestions that I would give you. Devon for starting your own business.
2: So I want to ask you a quick question, Peter. Did you get a loan for your business, or did you have good credit, or how did you come about getting a loan to start your business?
1: I didn't need a loan. I did it all basically from itself. I never started a business with a loan. Um, So I financed it using credit cards, so I used my own credit cards. If I needed to buy a phone, I put it on a credit card and paid it down. If I needed to buy, you know, a fax machine, I'll put it on a credit card and pay it down. But I did not borrow money to start a business. Um, and it, there are some people that can borrow money. If you have a, the way the banking laws are and the way the banks are right now and the way the people that do funding, um, you have to have established stuff before people will lend you money. The double standard hypocrisy is um, if you need to borrow money, you're going to have a hard time getting it lent to you. If you don't need it, meaning you have great credit and a good business thing, uh, probably people will throw money in your general direction. So it's when you need it that's going to be the hardest part because you don't have the Uh, How would we say we don't have the track record, nor the experience, nor the collateral, nor the whatever. So getting started by borrowing money is very difficult for most people. Even if you have good credit, they're not going to just throw it at you because you have good personal credit. So it's not easy. And quite honestly, it's long. It'll take you months, if not many months, to be able to put all that sort of stuff together with no guarantee that your business is going to work. And you'll spend more time on financing than you will building your business.
2: So let me ask you a quick question, Peter. I know you just said you use credit cards to pay down a fax machine or you need a type of equipment or furniture. But let me ask you a quick question: How did you know the business was going to work out? Because I would say, in my opinion, 80 to 85 percent of businesses don't work out; they fail. So you could have spent all that money on credit uh, on the furniture and equipment with credit cards and the business didn't have to work out. How did you know it was going to work out and what did you do specially to, to, to make that come to a reality so your business can work out so you can become very successful?
1: Well, uh, you're making a very interesting point. So I just want to underline what you just said. Most businesses fail because they're undercapitalized or they don't know what they're doing. So So those are the two biggest reasons why I think most businesses fail. They don't have enough money, and they don't know what they're doing. So let's call it levels of incompetence. So first thing that I did was I started a business in a field that I was familiar with. So I was banking on me. So my own self-confidence guaranteed my greatest level of success. And I knew that because my strength in my business specifically if I could sell more, I'd be able to probably afford most of my mistakes because I could overcome my mistakes of either direction or guidance or failure with making more sales. And I wouldn't do any of the stupid mistakes. So I ran an ethical business. I was really good at sales. I knew my product. So that's where the point is, you know, most people fail because they don't know what they're talking about. And then As a result of that, I also encouraged slower, steady growth. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't goofy. I wasn't greedy. I wasn't gullible. Those are the triple Gs, goofy, gullible, and greedy. I was neither of those. I just knew that I had a product that I could develop and I had a product that I could sell and that I was just going to grow a sales force to be able to do that as well. And um, I was good at what I did, and I worked my ass off. I'm talking about I never thought I could work as many hours as there were in a day. So it was from the moment I woke up till 4, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning before I went to bed for months and years before I stopped, meaning working that hard. So it was everything that I had. So I'll throw that third component in. Undercapitalized was on, not knowing what you're doing. Number two, not being willing to work like a maniac on a mission. That's more than just a cliche. I, you have to be, you have to be totally into it. It's not a part-time gig. You can't outsource it. It's something you just had to throw yourself into. Which is some of the reasons why a lot of people don't make it is because they don't know how to work like that. They don't have it in them, or they don't have that is an option because they might have lots of other options or lots of other, um, um, responsibilities. So it's hard. And that's the big reason why most people fail. Most small businesses fail. Now I'm talking about most small businesses fail in the first five years. The rest of them fail in the next five years. Hardly anybody's around in 10 years, hardly anybody, anybody, anybody's around in 20 years. And nobody's around in 30 years, more or less, except for the really super-duper big ones or the ones that are really, 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 really tough it out. Because it's like, there's lots of things that happen through the decades that can take out any business. So that's, so that's also why wow. a lot of people don't want to do home-based businesses or don't want to do businesses at all. Because the failure is so more- tough.
2: Correct. Correct. I have one more last question before we go, and I know we're running out of time. Um, okay. Do you did you do all this by yourself, or do you have a partner, or did you go to a partnership, or?
1: No, I'm anti-partners. So partnerships okay. usually don't work. Um, so that's just a little warning for most people, because as you start to get into somebody does it, things get lopsided pretty quickly. It takes a unique. Very extraordinary situation for partnerships to work, and lots of other people might you might be able to come up with a couple of examples, but they're really tough. so I did it all on my own, which made me older than I needed to be, you know mentally and physically and uh, and I took the burden on myself to be able to grow um, and uh, you know I'll probably live a shorter life because of the stress associated with being responsible for other people's payroll. So it's tough, but that's the way I did it because I knew most partnerships would fail, um, and I didn't want to be five years into you know my baby, quote-unquote, and have it fail. It's like going through a divorce with kids and worse. Um, but I said I'm going to be able to figure out if I could do this on my own, and I will continue to raise a sales force. And probably the biggest thing that I did, um, Devon, is I focused on bringing money in. Sales is king. So it wasn't technology being king, although technology was important. It wasn't, you know, infrastructure. wasn't anything else like that. It was sales. You could Most businesses can f- survive if you are good at bringing money in. Most businesses fail when their strength is not in sales. So the sales guys are supposed oh, to run you. the company.
2: And okay. You. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Peter. We ran out of time. So I just want to say to my audience, I'll see you next week on the Devon's input. You take care, and bye-bye, Peter. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, everyone.
0: You've been listening to Building Fortunes Radio on buildingfortunesradio.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for the designated Building Fortunes Radio segment with Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website for our featured segments. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. At Building Fortunes Radio, we wish you the success you deserve and are willing to work for. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.